hey, I have a special gift for you guys. So if you go to marilynaloria.com forward slash guide, you're going to get your very own guide. So if you pick a number from one to 10, you go to marilynaloria.com forward slash guide, pick a number from one to 10, you're going to get your very own guide. And you're also going to get a message from them down the line. You'll, you'll see how it works. These are guides that were channeled to me that I want to offer up to you guys, and you're really going to enjoy them. And they're rewritten. Some of you have played this game with me, but I channeled some more information and go check out who your guide is. This is Marilyn Aloria, psychic medium, teacher, founder of Membership for Your Soul and Soul Finder Academy, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now podcast. So this podcast, I'm again flying a little bit by the seat of my pants. We're going to be talking about guides, and I'm going to tell you what about guides that I know. I've been teaching this for over 14 years, so I know quite a bit about them, and I've been channeling for longer than that, not that much longer, probably like 15 years. And um, I'm also going to share some stories with you about my own personal experiences with my guides and how one particular story, actually two particular stories, how I was leaning into my guides, getting information from them. They were telling me what to do. And I was like, you sure? Like, what? I don't know. That's kind of fucked up. You really want me to do that? It was like that kind of a moment. And it ended up being more magical and amazing than I could have imagined. Guides can have your back like nobody's business. They can advise you better than anyone you know. You have all this information inside your soul and your being, and they are there to reflect that information to you and to teach you that information. So let's talk about what is a guide. And I'm going to tell you why I'm flying by the seat of my pants again. So um, a guide is, a guide can be a deceased loved one. The thing I tell people when they want to work with deceased loved ones is to be a little bit careful of that in the beginning, because if you're not used to talking to guides and you don't understand about the energy and the vibration of a guide, and you're talking to a deceased loved one and say it's your father and you loved your father so much, you may be still holding him in that container, not that you shouldn't love him, but you're not allowing his soul to evolve and for you to see the differences that he's making in in his evolution. Therefore, wanting to help you in a whole other way. So I usually tell people to start with somebody else first before they go to a deceased loved one, because I just find that people have a difficult time really hearing the soul of the deceased loved one on the other side, because they're expecting them to sound like the person they knew on the earth plane and to answer like the person they knew on the earth plane. Guides can be um, people that have walked the earth plane, people who have never walked the earth plane. They can be Ascended masters, angels, they can be planets, trees, crystals. They're basically energy, energy and light. I had a guide once that was just color and she was like a blob. I wouldn't, she probably wouldn't want me to call her a blob. It was just like a shape. And, um, and she was incredible. She was with me for about a year or two and she was above my head and she was just light and a shape. And that was it. Guides could be anything because guides are really the reflections of your highest and best, your truest self, your your soul. There's so much I have to say about this because this is such a, a field of expertise for me. But I, I really want to get into how you can work with your guides and by telling you some stories. 
the thing I do want to share with you is when you do work with a guide, it's my experience that um, when I teach people how to meet their guide, I'll say to them, you know, make sure you're asking for a guide from your highest self in highest alignment with yourself. And it's my experience that they will answer honestly. They will say, yes, they are or no. Now, there could be because I have certain protection around, for the lack of a better word, or I'm really in tune with who I want to invite in and who I don't want to invite in. But I would suggest that you try that out if you're working with guides and you can say, are you from my highest self in highest alignment with myself? And see if they answer honestly. And if they say no, say, you know, get the fuck out of here. You don't have to say that, but just say, get out of here. I want to share one more thing and then I'm going to go into the stories. So I remember somebody saying to me that they were told by a psychic that Archangel Michael was too busy to work with them. And I was like, what? I, I Yeah, that's exactly how I sounded, by the way. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's such limited consciousness. This is why when I tell you that a guide can be anything, I don't cap out any of my wisdom, any of my knowledge, any of my experiences, because if I put a cap on things, then I'm not really allowing infinite intelligence to work with me. And you want to be able to be open-minded when you're doing this work and allow new information to flow through you and flow in. And when I heard that, I was like, oh my goodness, that's insane, in my opinion. That's like limited consciousness, like that Archangel Michael can't work with millions upon millions of people. What? Why not? So if you have that belief system, that's fine. It is not my belief system. I believe that that energy that um, is working with us can work with numerous people, numerous, numerous, numerous upon people. And the way that it was delivered, it made the person feel very limited and like they were doing something wrong. Okay, so the stories I'm going to share with you are about um, how I bought my first house and how I bought my second house. And I wanted to give you exact details. And I went down to my basement where all my journals are. I journal every single day, pulled out my journal from the time when I bought the second house, and I couldn't read my writing because I, I really a chicken is writing it. I'm, it's not me. I don't know who's writing it. And it's so bad. And I really, I have like over 300 journals and I save them because I want to go back and tell stories. And I'm like, you can't read anything. It's like the, da, 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 hand, blah, 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 had. I'm like, I can't read a word. So then I went to my meditations because I have channel sessions from all these times and I can't, they're not organized. And I couldn't find the one from that specific period. So I'm doing this best from my memory. And there's a reason why I want to talk about guides so specifically right now. So when I moved into my second home, I, I haven't been channeling as much, which is kind of interesting for me because I channel all the time and I've been channeling for years. And recently I had been finding myself reaching out to external sources to get questions to answer, to get answers to questions that I have. I'm a little fumbled today, so we're going to see how this works out. So, and I've been finding that those external sources are just not there for me. They just aren't, some people just aren't there, period, that I'm finding some disappointing energy. Some of you may be having that experience right now. And some of it is they just don't have the answers for me. So I was like, you know what? I need to go talk to my guides. What is wrong with me? I need to be talking to them. So I started channeling like every single day again, and the information is blowing me away. And what's amazing about this, when you talk to your guides, the information doesn't just start and stop in that meditation. It gets carried throughout your life. So this morning, as I was waking up, I was hearing information from my guides, like, because I was thinking, I'm thinking about things in my business and I'm shifting things in my business and I'm 
you, and I'm questioning certain things. And they were like showing me all the concrete symbols that have been coming to me, all the information that's been coming to me. And they were like, it's between you and me. You don't need to go to an external source. It's between you, me, and my guides. It's between me and God. This decision is between us. We make this decision. We are always here for your highest good. And then, you know, I follow what they tell me to do, which always works out. And I'm going to tell you, that's why I'm going to tell you these stories about the house. And I just need to trust it and lean into that right now. And the thing that it's helping me do right now, I was finding myself in a very needy position where I was needing people to help me and they just weren't being there for me. And some of it's been quite disappointing, I have to tell you, where I'm like, wow, okay, that was a friendship for two years and I would never behave that way. And I'm trying not to sit in judgment, but I'm also choosing to not pursue that friendship anymore. But what my guides are teaching me is that I don't need that. Uh, Everything I have, I have everything I need, I have inside of me. So they're showing me like that GPS system into my soul and they're reminding me. And this morning when they woke me up with information and then they were reiterating the information and showing me how it was showing up in my everyday life, I was like, oh my goodness, you're so right. This is the right decision. This is what I'm meant to be doing. That's what your guides will do for you. And I lean into them. So there was a period in my time, in my life, I'm telling you, my words are going to be all over the place today. I don't know what's going on with my energy. But there was a period in my life when I was living in Sherman Oaks, and that's the house I'm going to tell you about. And uh, I was going through a difficult time. I can't remember specifically what was happening because you don't remember those things when you really get into channeling and doing your, working with your psychic gifts all the time, things go away. You don't remember the specifics of them, time blurs and It also doesn't hold the pain points of like it used to because you really work through stuff. I feel like I call it simultaneous healing. I have a moment, I I see it, I go through it, and then I heal it. It's like it can be really quick. And I'll talk more about that down the line. So I, all my guides kept saying to me was lean into me, lean into us, lean into us, lean into us. And I would literally lean back into them and feel their support. Your guides can have your back better than anybody else you've ever known. I learned this from Sal Mineo, who was the Hollywood actor who was killed. And that's the story that I am getting ready to tell you. But that's a story where I do have to be able to understand my journals and pull out all the channeling information because I want to give very specific exact details because the murderer that was accused of that crime is not the real murderer. So we are getting ready to do that. And that'll be in a, uh, I'm not going to say how long, but it won't be too far off that I, I do that. It might be like another four to six weeks. So with that said, or whenever you're listening to this, it could be a four to six podcast. So just head on over. So with that said, your guides, he taught me how he had my back more than anybody I'd known. Something was going on that was really tricky and really disturbing and really upsetting to me. And I showed up at a meeting and I realized how much he had my back in this meeting. And that's what your guides can do for you. So I want to tell you a story about the first house I bought, and I may go into the second house depending on time. So what I want to tell you first is we can have different guides. You can have a love guide, a health guide, a marketing guide, a joy guide. Um, You can even have a mediumship guide. Guides can be in different specific specialties. Uh, They can be consciousness. They can be grouped consciousness. So if you're like looking to create something in your life, 
and you want to call in a guide with a specific specialty, you can call that in. Or you can say like, say it's Coco Chanel and you want to be a designer, a clothing designer. You ask Coco Chanel, you'll know pretty much if you're intuitive, if you have that person's permission, that spirit's permission to work with it. But usually you do if you're called to it. And then um, you say, Coco Chanel, may I work with you? And then Coco Chanel's like, like, yeah, sure, man, I'm here for you. Not that she would speak that way. And uh, she starts working with you. Now, the thing is that when you're drawn to a specific person in history, it's because that usually you have those character traits. You can also use people that are alive. There are many times I'm walking down the street with Oprah's energy or it used to be Tony Robbins or Gary um, Z, Gary V. There's many times that I've called in specific business mentors when I was going through a troubling time and I've called their energy in and pretended to be walking down the street with them, having a conversation with them, and I could really feel their answers coming in. It's, it's so magical how you can get clear, concise information. This is the stuff I teach. This is how good it is. So I was looking to buy a house because my father was giving me the down payment, which I shared in another podcast. And there was a specific amount he would let me spend. And I was living in LA and there weren't many houses at this price point. And he was like, that's all you're allowed to buy. And me, I could have went higher because of mortgage and stuff, but he was like, nope, you're only allowed to spend this much. He drove me nuts, to be honest with you. So I had a friend who was a realtor at the time and she was actually still a realtor. We're not friends any longer. And I was searching for the house with her. And I just couldn't find what I wanted at this price point. And her husband had a short sale and my guides were urging me to go see that house. Now, this is my first house. I didn't know what I wanted. At, during this period of time, my father was driving me nuts. Yeah, I'm grateful for him for giving me the down payment, but I'd get a call and it would be like, um, you, I have to live with you. If you buy this house, I have to live with you. Now, you don't know my father. He was worse than Oscar Madison. Literally, you would walk into his bedroom and you couldn't find him because there was just junk and garbage everywhere. I'm not lying. I, I should have took pictures of it, but I was so ashamed of it, I couldn't. And I'd be like, you're not living with me. And people around me would say, just tell him he's gonna, you can live with, he can live with you. He won't come. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna lie to him. So I was like, you're not living with me, keep the money. Then he'd call me back a week later and say, okay, you could have the money. And then I'd go through other torturous things that I am not ready to reveal just yet. But I love my father, I forgive him. I'm very grateful for what he did for me, I really am. So I went in to see this short sale house and I walked into it and it was covered. You know, come to think of it, it was actually like my father lived there. It was just covered in stuff. And there was these two guys living there and they, I don't know, I guess they sold things on eBay, but I mean, it was disgusting. But all I could see were the high ceilings and the brick chimney and the light and the windows. And I was like, oh my goodness, I want this house. I want it. And I was walking around the house and I could feel my guide saying, this is the house. This is the house. This is the house. And I went out to the backyard. It was very small and I really wanted a backyard. And um, I went into the bedroom and there was a disco ball over the bed. I kid you not. With a picture of um, one guy giving another guy a BJ. But it was really, you know, it was nice. I understand the decor. It's okay. Um, and the house was just disgusting. And my guides were like, this is the house. I was like, okay, sure. And they were like, this is the house. So I went home, I meditated on it. I put a bid in and um, I was really questioning it because it's my first home and the house was in 
shambles. And my father, my guides must have did this because my father called me up and he said, it's either this house or nothing. And I was like, oh my goodness, I got to get this house now. And then um, problems with the escrow, the escrow paper didn't go in. I mean, it took like two months to get this house. And I finally got it. And the guys moved out and I got the keys and it was a couple of days before Christmas. And I walked through the door and I just cried because Oh my goodness, now that the stuff was moved out, it was even worse. There was like mold on the walls. The It was just horrible. And I just walked around going, all right, I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. So my friend, who was the realtor, said, you know, we have this guy next to us who's an architect. Why don't we have him come over? And I was like, I can't afford an architect. This is insane. I had this like very limited scarcity consciousness going on that I had a battle. And my guides were like, don't worry about it. This is the house. And I was like, how could you have me do this? And a mold expert came in and they found mold. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, what am I going to do? So I, I got a name of a contractor and a designer. And the designer walked in covering her face with a scarf. I kid you not. Like, I should have drop kicked her right then and there, but I didn't. I was like, are you kidding me, bitch? And the contractor's walking around going, okay, well, this is going to be blah, blah, blah amount of money. And I was like, what? You know? And then he's like tapping things to just, you know, check out the, the sturdiness of stuff. And we're sitting in the kitchen and the designer still has the scarf over her face. And the contractor's giving me some information. And all of a sudden we hear crash. And we're like, what the fuck is that? And we go into the bathroom and all the tiles came off the wall because he tapped it. So it's just getting worse by the moment. So this contractor went away. He's and he's like, You gotta how do, do you have the money for this? And I was like, I have some money and I'm gonna get a loan. He's like, <laughs> takes forever to get a loan. And for some reason my guides took over at that point and they were like, and I was like, no, nope, I'm gonna get a loan. Not a problem. I'm gonna get a loan. So my friend invited introduced me to this architect, John Browse. He's in LA. And he came over. And he must have took pity on me because this man does incredible houses and work. And he gave me an incredible rate and just took me under his arm. And he drew up designs. Now, I didn't really grow up in a home, so I never really had a home. And there's a lot I could tell about that story, but I'm not going to right now. And I remember going to his office and pulling up a seat. And I was like, like, it was so interesting because there was a, my higher self must have been taking over because there was a smaller part of me like, what am I doing here? I can't afford this. Like, who is this person who's sitting up on a stool with an architect and he's pulling out the blueprints and he's showing me this beautiful island that he's going to make in the kitchen. And I'm just, tears are coming down my face because I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have a house. I'm going to have a house that like I've always wanted, always dreamed of. And it was really like a fragmented conversation, but not so much. Like my guides, my higher self were leading the way. So little Marilyn, past Marilyn, the one that dreams with brackets on, didn't have much of a voice. So John brought in some contractors and I can't, why can't I remember the contractor's name? He's got a TV show now. Oh my God, Kiernan, Kiernan. Um, so Kiernan was the contractor I chose. He gave me the best price. We got along great. He used to be a magician and they started working on the house and they gutted it. And uh, I remember going in when it was gutted and I felt so good. And I called Kiernan up and he said, I can't hoping that's his name. 
And he said, uh, I was like, oh my goodness, it's amazing. He goes, oh my goodness, most people walk into a gutted house and they're like crying. I'm like, no, this is great. So remember that vision book I mentioned in another podcast? I said how I was putting all these pictures. Well, lo and behold, I didn't know it. I was doing it just to rent a house. All the pictures in the vision book were used to design my house. So John would take me, John was so good to me. He would take me to buy appliances. Now he went above and beyond what an architect would do because he just felt really bad for me, I think. And he was just so good to me and so honest and so integral. And I went and bought appliances and then we'd go to the tile store and I knew exactly what I wanted down to the doorknobs, down to the knobs on the kitchen cabinets, down to the color of the kitchen cabinets. Everything was in that vision book. So months later, the house was done and it was gorgeous, absolutely stunning. And I moved in and I was still really scared because I was now in $150,000 worth of debt. Not talking about my mortgage, credit card debt, the loan. And I was scared. And I was saying to my guides, like, what did you have me do? Like now I'm in $150,000 worth of debt. And they said to me one night, look, you're not allowed to think about this debt anymore. Every time you think about it, you have to put your hands up in the air. And they literally physically had me do it. And you have to hand the debt over to us. For three weeks, you have to make this promise to us that you're not going to think about the debt. And I said, okay, day one came, debt, 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 debt. You know, that's like, And I'd put my hands up in the air and be like, all right, it's yours, it's yours, it's yours. By the third day, this entire course dropped into my system called the 28-Day Challenge Constant Communication with Your Guides. And I was so excited by this class to teach people how to communicate with their guides and learn how to work with their guides through clairvoyancy, clairaudience, empathic ability. Their first guide, their higher self, which was my first guide. And I was like, this is amazing. So I sat down and I started writing it. And it was not like two or three days later, the entire solution of how to get out of debt dropped into my system. And within, I think it was four months, I was completely out of that debt. And it was incredible. And that course actually opened the door to membership for your soul, to the platform I'm teaching now, because I was invited then on telesummits to teach. And I would sell that digital class and that digital class, like people loved it so much because I'm very experiential and creative in my teaching. And they just loved it. Like it changed people's lives. It's it's in membership for your soul now. We don't have it for sale because it's an old class that's on audio, but it's still really, really good. If anybody wants it, you can email me at care at who can, no, info at who can it be now podcast.com. I don't know what's wrong with my brain today. So that was my house, right? So the house was stunningly beautiful. And I loved it. I really, really loved it. And after being there for about, I think, five years, I started feeling this itch to leave LA. I was over LA before I bought that house. And then when I got that house, I loved it so much. And I was in Sherman Oaks. I was in a different area. It was okay. But then I really, really was getting tired of living there. And I just hated LA. And I would go into meditation and I, you know, ask my guides, where am I moving? Where should I move? And they wouldn't tell me. And I, I'd, I'd spend nights where I would be looking at real estate or that the, I knew I wanted a small town. I knew I wanted nature. I knew I wanted hiking trails. I knew I wanted a slower paced life. 
I just knew I needed, I wanted to walk out my door and be on trails. I didn't want to have to drive 45 minutes of traffic or have to go to a trail at 5 a.m. to miss the traffic um, to get into nature. I was done with city living and I just wanted a different life, but I just couldn't, I didn't know where it was and they wouldn't tell me. And so I was constantly Googling small towns, great places to live in America. I went to so many different areas. I went to central California. Um, I, I didn't like it there. I went to different areas. I went to Bainbridge Island in Washington. I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. But the realtor annoyed me. I went and looked at a house and she looked at a bunch of houses. And then by the last house, I was like, oh my goodness, this is the house. This is what I wanted. This is what I was telling you. I was so excited because it was modern, modern farmhouse, which I love. And when we got back in the car, she was like, you can't be that way here. People will not like you if you're like that here. And I was like, whoa, what do you mean? My personality? So it kind of put a damper on that, even though that's not representative of Bainbridge Island, because I'm, I think Bainbridge Island is gorgeous and still considering it. So they wouldn't tell me. And I kept hearing about Marin County in Northern California. And I was thinking about taking a trip up to Marin County. And I would sit with my guides and channel and I'd be like, okay, is it Marin County? And they just would not tell me. But instead, they showed me this big yellow and black butterfly, and I'd never seen it before. And I was annoyed. So I'm like, should I go to Marin County? Should I go on vacation there? No answer, just a big yellow and black butterfly. So I finished my channel session because I was annoyed. And I was like, I'm just going to go out for a hike. And I went out my front door, and what's flying around my front yard but a yellow and black butterfly? Now, I had been doing this work for so long. And there are moments like this where I just stop in my tracks and I cry. And that's what I did. So I made, a tri- I, I made a trip to Marin. And the night before I was supposed to go, my guides told me to go to this clothing store, Soto, in LA. They said, go to the store. And I was like, I don't need anything. They said, go to the store. So I went to the store and I, the manager was there. I can't remember her name right now. And I told her I was going up to Marin. She's like, oh my goodness, you're going to Marin? My sister-in-law is a realtor there. You have to meet with her. Now, I hear things like this, and I'm pretty much, I'm not the type of person that will usually, it depends. I'm pretty friendly, but sometimes if I want to go on a trip, I kind of just want to do my own thing. So I was like, yeah, you know, that sounds great. I went home. She texted me her information. I called Isabel, who's the realtor, and Isabel said, great, you're coming up here. Yeah. And she was telling me about the place. So I came up and I went to Mill Valley and stayed at a hotel. And it was very pretty. And I met with Isabel and Isabel was just so sweet. And the way that I know if I like a place is by looking at houses. It's just how I get a feel. Remember I said, oh, I didn't say it. (laughs) I've recorded this one a few times (laughs) because I'm having a day, but I have to record it today. I talked about I'm very, very, very sensitive to space. So going into houses, I'll go and see a hundred houses before I bid on a house. Um, I did that in LA. With the houses, I went to see so many houses, and I, I did it in Marin, which I'll tell you, but you're going to hear that story. But um, so it was great that she wanted to show me all these houses, and I was like, "Oh, it's great! I like it. Yeah, it's good." And I went home and um, was thinking about it, and I, that was September. And then all of a sudden, in January, my guides were like, "You got to go back to Marin with the dogs." It was early February. They were like, "You have to go back." So I was supposed to go to a friend's birthday party. It was a 50th birthday party. And I was like, I can't go. I have to go up to Marin. 
And I took the dogs and I came back up here and Isabel showed me more houses and showed me things with the dogs. And I was like, it's so stunningly beautiful in Marin County. And I was like, that's great. And I, I had moments with horses and it was just so beautiful. And I went home and I was like, that's it. I'm moving to Marin County. I was miserable in LA. So I started looking at houses. I didn't have a down payment. I would have to sell my house to get the down payment. And I would look online and I would call Isabel up and I'd be like, what about that house? What about that house? And there was a house that came on the market that looked really promising. And Isabel, I wasn't able to reach her, but I reached my realtor in LA and I said, I think I have a house in Marin that I want. Now, Marin and LA are both top markets, very difficult. And my LA realtor was like, well, maybe they'll be contingent and they'll wait till you sell. And I'm, and my, and Isabel, who's my Marin, realtor was like, they're not going to do that here. Houses are going like hotcakes. I'm not giving you my realtor's name in LA because we no longer speak and I'm not going to badmouth her. So I saw a house that was, I was very interested in. So my realtor in LA said, all right, you're ready to sell. I said, yeah. So she's like my, you know, they're the same realtors who sold me my house. She's like, okay, my husband has buyers, possible buyers. So let me have them come by. And now she didn't feel my house was worth much and she felt like it needed to be staged and everything. So during this time I was meeting with stagers and the stagers would walk in and be like, your house is gorgeous. You don't need a stager. And I would be like, I know, but the realtor felt like I did. I share this all with you for a reason because my guides the whole time are telling me what to do. But when you have, when you're doing something as big as selling a house, buying a house, and then you just have so many people's opinions, even me, it can get confusing. So she came over to the house before the uh, potential buyers came over and she could tell like it was cleaned up a bit, you know, even though I'm not messy. I know I keep saying that on this podcast, but I swear it's true. I said it in another episode and they came into the house and they loved it. And uh, I knew what I wanted to sell my house for. I had an idea, even though it wasn't necessarily the market price. So they left and we pretty much knew they would make a, a bid on it. And I got the bid. And I was talking to my friend who's the realtor and I was like, well, is this a fair bid? Is this a good? She's like, it's a great bid. And I started talking to other people and they were like, oh, no, you can get more. There is no way you can get more for that house. And I went to my brother and my guides, this is, so I have to, that's why I said I don't have the details, but I'm giving you all the details. So I'm going to go back and remember them. My guide said, call your brother. Now, I very rarely went to my brother for help because my brothers are very strong men. And that isn't always great for me. I'm a strong woman. They're strong men. That's not always great for us. But my guides were like, call your brother Gerard. And I was like, all right. So I called him and he got on the phone with the realtor in LA and asked all the right questions. I didn't know what questions to ask. I haven't sold a house before. And she couldn't answer them. He was like, well, what's the market value there? What's the prices of the houses? What are they going for? And she couldn't answer any of it. So I made a decision to go with another realtor. And I interviewed realtors and uh, my brother chose one for me and, it, and she was a good realtor. And we sold the house to those people. Now, 
here's the thing. Again, my guides were saying, don't give this much money in credits. And I let the realtor kind of talk me into more money for credits. And I'm teaching you this. If any of you are in this position and something I have learned, I should have listened to my guides because I know they would have purchased it at the price. And I know now that house is already increased so much in value. So what they paid, they already made money on because it's just a prime location. It's a gorgeous house. Doesn't matter. So here's the beauty of this story. So this house was a short sale. It was a wreck. I bought it. I put money into it. I over over 50% I made back on this house. So my guides knew. They told me to buy that house. They knew that it was going to work out in the end. They knew I was going to make a lot of money off it. And I did. So I made a good amount of money off of it. So here I am in Marin and I'm seeing probably like a hundred houses and Port Isabel, who's a very well, very good realtor, very high rated realtor. She didn't realize what she was getting when she was getting me, but I go to see uh, tons and tons of houses before I know what I want. It's just, I'm sensitive to space. So I finally saw a house in San Rafael and um, I was like, all right, let's bid on that house. And we bid on it and people overbid and Isabel came back to me. I was like, I'm not paying that much for that house. There's no way. And she's like, you know what? You're not going to get a house. You're going to have to rent. And I have five animals. I don't know if I've ever told you that. I have two dogs and three cats. And I was like, who the heck is going to rent to me? And she made me scared. And I went on a hike with my guides and they were like, don't worry about it. It's going to work out. And I called two of my friends who are healers and spiritual people. And they were like, you've got to have a talk with her to tell her not to do that to you. So I did. I had a conversation with her and I said, look, I work on energy. I trust it. And she's like, she understood that. She was like, okay, I get it. That's, that's fine. I understand it. Now, during this time, she's preparing her daughter's wedding. She, she was great. I have nothing bad to say about Isabel. She's a phenomenal realtor. I got very lucky to have someone like her and her team. And, um, but she was like, you know, Marilyn, you need to really figure out where you want to live in Marin because we're just jumping around to all these places. Like I went to one location, I won't say the name. And um, I called them up after and I said, if I ever say I want to live there again, tell, remind me that I don't. And they just laughed. They would just laugh at me. But I was like the lunatic, like, let me see this. Let me see that. And then like the clock is running out. I have to get out of my house. Where am I going to live? I'm going to be homeless soon. All during this, my guides kept saying May 7th, May 7th, May 7th, May 7th, May 7th. But I wasn't listening to them. I was like, what's May 7th? I don't know. And then they said April 21st, April 21st, April 21st, May 7th, April 21st. So I I was like, all right, I don't know. I don't know. So I called my friend, Anna Maria Vasquez, who I love. And I did a reading with her. And I don't normally get readings, but Anna Maria, I trust. And Anna Maria was like, I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to go to Marin this weekend. There's no houses on the market. I had been looking at Fairfax for a really long time. There were never, ever houses in Fairfax, or if they were, they went right away. I was like, I'm just not going to go this weekend. I'm just, I'm so tired. I was flying up there every weekend. And Anna Maria said, first of all, you have to talk to the trees because the trees are going to bring you to your house. And second of all, I want you to go there this weekend. You need to go there. So it was April 21st. And I went up to Marin and I drove around with Isabel's assistant, Sabrina. And we focused on the Fairfax area and Woodacre and Forest Knolls. And we went to a bunch of houses and we were laughing through the whole time. And I finally realized I wanted to live in Fairfax. I was like, that's it. I want to live in Fairfax. 
And there was one house on the market that had been on the market for a while. And we knew that I could probably make a deal because the houses flew off the shelves here. So there are multiple, one house that I decided not to bid on got 22 offers. Like that's what the market was like here. So I was like, all right, it's Fairfax. I know it. Yay. And I went home and, and I told Isabel, it's Fairfax. Yay. There's that one house. Can you get the disclosures? And my guides are like, do not bid on that house. And I started listening (laughs) and they were like, don't bid on that house. More houses are going to come up for sale this weekend in Fairfax. And I think they said, this is where I wish I had the specifics. I think they said like Thursday or something, more houses are going to come on sale. And they said, don't bid on it. But I was like, I got to bid on it. I got to move. My clock is running out. I've got, that's the only house that's available. I've got to do it. And they were like, don't do it. So lo and behold, two houses came on the market in Fairfax that were in my price range. So I booked a weekend trip. I was like, that's it. I'm going up there. I'm going to go check out those houses. I'm going to check out the one house that's still on the market. And I come up to Fairfax and uh, Saturday, April 28th. And I, the one house that I wanted to look at wasn't going to be open until the day after, you know, all that couple of houses weren't going to be open until that Sunday. And it was a Saturday. But as I was driving to one of the houses, I noticed that the house had an open house. So I came up the street, I came to this house and I opened, went through the front door and my body was just shaking, absolutely shaking. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is the house. This is it. And there was no cell service, so I couldn't call anybody. I went through the house. I was the first person, I think, that walked through the uh, open house. I went down the street. I called my friend Rita, one of my best friends. And I said, oh my goodness, I found the house. I found the house. And she's like yelling at her daughter, say Hail Marys, Marilyn found the house. Like everybody knew what I was going through because I was going to be homeless soon. And then I called the realtors and I said, let's try to make a preemptive offer. I found the house. This is the house. And they were at the wedding, but they were on the phone with me. They, they like, they were there and you know, they were there for me. Um, Isabel's, um, Danielle, Daniela was her name, her, her uh, partner. So I go to the second house and I run into this guy who's also looking at houses. He left Sherman Oaks like a year ago and my battery dies on my phone. So I don't know where I'm going. I don't have a friggin' plug or a thing. And I'm like, can you give me a plug? Do you have an extra one? And he was like, just drive around with me. I'm going to go see the houses too. So I get into the car with him. We start driving around. We go up to the house. I didn't tell him that. Like, I was like, you're going to like the one. I'm not going to say the drive, what street it was. Let's call it Fern. You're going to like the one on Fern. And so we drive around and see like a couple, like two or three houses. I can't remember what was on sale. We come into Fern and he's like, he likes this house too. So now I know I have competition. So I go home to the, I go to the hotel that night and I talked to my guides and they said, because I'm like freaking out. I'm like, I'm going to have to overbid by $200,000 or whatever. You know, I'm going to have to get this house. I got to get this house. I have to have this house. And my guides are like, relax. More houses are coming on the market on Wednesday. And I'm like, that's insane. You know, there's never any house. I've been watching Fairfax for like, I think it was like a year before I moved here. And they were like, nope, more houses are going to come on the market. So that Sunday, I went back to all the houses with the realtor assistant. I think it was Sabrina and I went around. 
and I just wanted to see them. And I'm meeting more people that are looking to buy another woman from LA. So there's this competition. We're just walking around. We're all checking out the same houses. And I go back to Sherman Oaks and they won't accept a preemptive offer. So they said that they'll accept offers the weekend and the house will, they're, they're accepting bids on May 8th is what they said. They were accepting bids on May 8th. So I had another weekend. So I came up here. Oh no, before that. So they're accepting offers on May 8th. The Wednesday before the weekend, I got up, I went check the real estate listings and like three more houses in Fairfax came on the market. So there were about seven houses in my price range on the market in Fairfax, what my guides had told me. And even Isabel was like, this is uncanny. This never happens. And I was like, I know. And she knew what I did and everything. And I was like, my guides told me more houses are going to come on the market on Wednesday. And it was, it blew my mind, guys, but it gave me faith and trust. And they kept telling me the house on Fern was mine, but I knew there was so much competition because I'd been going around. So Isabel, we went around to all the houses. We went around again. I mean, this woman, she would just go with me everywhere, ask all the questions. There was a house in the, uh, there was another house that came on the market. Like all these houses came on the market at the same time. And we're looking at all of them. And I was like, it's the Fern one. I want the one on Fern. She said, all right, well, they're accepting bids May 8th. And this was really nerve wracking because the, the bids were all on all the houses where we accept in May 8th. So I had to decide which, you know, what's the fair, what, what am I going to bid on? Because I couldn't do multiple bids. And I was like, it's got to be Fern. So the Sunday, I'm going through all the houses with my friend Benita because we're deciding, is Fern really the one? Because I have to choose which I'm going to bid on. And I text Isabel and I'm like, they're accepting bids May 8th, right? And she said, no, they're accepting them May 7th. They shifted uh, Fern to May 7th. Get that date, guys? So I bid on Fern. And here's the next thing I'm going to tell you. So my guides told me what to bid. They gave me the amount. I got on the phone with uh, my realtors. And they talked me up a bit. Now, they know the market really well. I don't blame them at all. They really wanted, they knew how much I wanted this house. They really wanted me to get this house. It's a very competitive market. And I'm, I'm still friends with Isabel to this day. I love her. I would recommend her to anyone. I thought she did, they did an amazing job for me. They really took care of me. But my guide said, don't bid over this amount. And I didn't listen to my guides. So I bid. I got the house on May 7th. Now here's the funny part. So I got my house May 7th, the date they told me all along. The house is coming on the market. They guided me the whole way. There was only one other bid and it was that guy. And I knew because I got out of him how much he could bid. I knew it because he was bid on the house that was 22 bids. Hope you're following all of this and hope I'm not boring you with all these bids. So I bought the house. I moved up here. We'll talk about that in a minute. But so that guy and I became friends. We became friendly. And he said, what did you end up paying? He knew what I paid because it's listed. He said, why did you knew I couldn't go that high? Why did you do it? So again, I didn't listen to my guides, but it's okay because I got the house. So I moved up to Marin and um, we're going to talk more about that as time goes on. And it has been one of the most intense experiences of my life. And it's 
it's really good because one of the things, like I sat in, med- I don't regret, I not one ounce ever regretted leaving LA, ever regretted moving here, especially during COVID. I have all these different hikes to go on. I play so much tennis. I have to turn down tennis. It's beautiful, absolutely stunning. But the things that went on when I moved here and since I've been here have been like intense and insane, like dog having surgery, just a lot of stuff going on, which I'll share at another time. But I got into meditation with my guides and I was like, I didn't regret it. But I was like, why is this happening? Why did this happen here? And I'm already, and I knew when I bought this house and I moved in, I said, I'll only be here for a couple of years. This is just a stepping stone for me. And intuitive friends of mine knew the same thing. And I knew, like, I wasn't ready to leave California, so I needed to do this. I needed to move here for a reason. I just didn't know what it was. So the people next door, they're so nice. My neighbors, they had a party for me. I went over there. I was like, after a month of being here, the nicest people in the world. They're so good to me. And I was telling everybody at the table, like, I'm only going to be here for a couple of years. And they were like, you just bought the house. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I'm only going to be here for a couple of years. I'm just letting you know. One of my friends uh, that I play tennis with, he's like, you've been talking about moving since the day I met you two years ago. But I got into meditation with my guides and I said, so this is the thing that I want everybody to understand. You go through ups and downs. People are like, just because I know my guide, shouldn't everything be easy peasy? It's easier because you understand what's going on. But if life was just complete, like, I don't know that I would be here on the earth plane because I'm here to experience things, right? So if everything was just completely smooth sailing and easy peasy, and there wasn't any friction, I don't think I'd be here. I'm here for this adventure, this, this, this emotional uh, adventure of things happening and making choices and listening to guidance and all that stuff. What changes is your perception. You understand why things happen and you don't, there were moments where I would be like, things would happen and I would be like hysterical crying on the floor. Two times this happened while I was in this house. And um, I heard my guide say, "Mm, something big is happening. Mm, Something amazing is happening. And I'd be crying my eyes out. I'd be like, will you just let me cry? And they'd be be nudging me going, yeah, but you know, when something like this happens, that means something magical and incredible is coming down the pike. And I I wouldn't cry long because I'd be like, they're totally right. And it would push me into solution-based thinking right away because I was like, oh, this is happening for a reason. Something really big is happening. Something great is happening. And it made my soul expand. So I got into meditation. I was like, I need to understand what this move is about. And they said it was about safety. Now, if you listen to my other podcast, you know that at a very early age, my father shot a gun at my mother. And that created a lack of safety in my life. That and many other things that followed after it. Moving to a place where I don't know a soul have had difficulty meeting people. I'm not going to tell about this place until I leave here. It ain't no fucking stars hollow. I'll tell you that much. They said, you learned how to be safe. You learned how to be a leader. You learned how to have your own back in a way that you've never learned before. You've learned how to own your own inner power. And they are so right. They are so right. Because I had gone through things while I've been living here, my father dying, not knowing a soul, showing up on the tennis court, and he just died, and not being able to tell anyone or wanting to tell anyone, and being okay with it. It was actually kind of a nice reprieve because I didn't have to be with my emotions. Um, Going through really big things in my life, 
My mother was sent to the emergency room, like different things happening and always being here for myself, always having just, I feel like I became more whole and my guides there the whole time. But I started telling you how I hadn't been channeling. Like I've, I've been channeling. I never stopped. But normally in, in when I was living in LA, I was channeling like two, three, four times a week. Here it might be once every other week or twice a week and then not doing it for a week. And um, part of that is because it's constant communication now. And they, they said that to me because I said to them, what's going on? And they was like, well, do you really need us? We're talking to you every moment of the day and you know it. And I was like, you're right. But now like I'm getting into another part where I'm getting ready to grow my business even bigger. I'm ready to, I'm changing my life. I'm changing how I do my business again. And now I need them. So I'm going into the sessions and they're always there to tell me what to do, where to go, who to talk to, what to say. They're always pointing me in the right direction. And they, they were right. What I have gained from this experience has been so worth every ounce. It's been amazing. It's been incredible. It's been an unbelievable journey. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten here had it not been for them. And I wouldn't have gotten through the things that I needed to get through without them. And where I'm going to go, I, I can't even imagine. And what was amazing about this place is I said I wanted to live by hiking trails and in nature, but I didn't know what that meant. I grew up in Brooklyn, lived in Manhattan. Yeah, I was in Poughkeepsie for a while. I went to LA, lived near Hollywood. Then I was in Sherman Oaks. I was always in the city. I don't know what it means. Like I'm literally staring at trees, beautiful trees. I literally can go in every different direction and be on a, on a trail. I ran into a bobcat. It wanted to play with me and my dogs. I was like, no, dude, get out of here. Um, deer and, um, raccoons and foxes, you know, it's the ticks I could do without, but it's been amazing, magical. It has the yoga, the food, the consciousness and the food, the nature, the tennis, it really checks off a lot of the boxes. So that is why getting in touch with your guides, oh. It just changes your life forever. It is worth every second. It it makes me understand why I'm here, what I'm doing here. And oh, there's just so much. There's so much I I want to share with you, but I actually have to get ready to go to a tennis game. So that is my story that I wanted to share with you. And... I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can get a guide, your own very own guide at marilynaloria.com forward slash guide, G-U-I-D-E, guide, and uh, pick a number from one to 10. You'll see it, and then you go and get a guide. And um, I really hope that you enjoyed this. Please, please, please let me know. And I look forward to sharing more stories with you in the future next week. I don't know what's going on. Do you ever notice that the energy in the world is like, woo, and it's like, just takes you on a ride. <laughs> so I thank you. I want you to share, subscribe, and so you can get the podcast every Thursday. And um, please do, if you have any comments at all, you can reach me at info at whocanitbenowpodcast.com, whocanitbenowpodcast.com. And I really look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much and have 
an incredible day or evening whenever you're listening to this. And I can't wait till you meet your guide. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.